Meow. Welcome to the Cattoons podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Crowley. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the stories behind my songs, the production tools that I've used, the production methods that I've employed, the instruments that I've played, the instruments that I've discovered, the arrangement methods that I've used, the real-life stories which precipitated the creation of my entire albums or of my separate tracks. So let's jump right into it, shall we? And uh, welcome you listening to the Catunes podcast. This is episode 88. And uh, this time I'm going to be talking about a song called It Comes From Nowhere from the Out of Gehenna album. So this is a pretty chill song, I gotta, I gotta say. In its current version and in the original version, this song was always kind of melancholic. Uh, it's kind of poetic. It's not aggressive, it's not heavy, it's not even mm, hysterical. A little bit maybe, but it's um, rather a subdued, darker song. And that has to do, of course, with the subject matter uh, explored in this track. And that, of course, has to do with uh, when the song was written. The song was written back in um, winter. Uh, 2008-2009 and it had to do with it was kind of a um, poetic metaphorical metaphorical way to um, describe something that actually happened Uh, the song in layman's terms is about having a nightmare and waking up next to your men and um, not quite, re- not quite realizing is the dream still going on, or is it not going on? And it's like one of those dreams when you keep sleeping and then you wake up and... or you think that you wake up, but in reality you might be still sleeping and you're just seeing things, or something along those lines. And you want your man to protect you. But, you know, at the same time that he can't protect you from everything. He can't protect you from yourself, basically. That's the gist of it. And I don't want to go too deep into this, but I just want to, of course, invite you to read the lyrics, to listen to this song, and to find the lyrics on Genius.com. This is where you can find lyrics for all of my um, published songs. Uh, the song is called It Comes From Nowhere, so check out these lyrics. It's um, a little bit of an exaggeration, of course, uh, but I think that it kind of captures the the feeling. What does it feel like to uh, have an intense, vivid dream and uh, 
than to seek protection, to feel, to, to have, to feel vulnerable, and to seek this protection uh, from, uh, from your men. And um, the whole song is basically just about capturing this feeling, and about how even when he's right next to you, uh, it still doesn't feel that he can completely uh, completely save you from that. And it kind of puts a, an almost comical, exaggerated spin on the whole topic, in a sense. You know, there's always a little bit of dark humor in everything that I write, just because why not? You know, of course there is there's a little bit of dark humor, but it doesn't take away from the, generally speaking, uh, honest and um, straightforward depiction. And uh, this is not the only song that describes stuff like this uh, and has to do with dreams uh, or metaphorical descriptions or depictions of dreams. Or rather, let me put it this way, this is not the only song in my catalog that has to do with uh, this borderline gray area. Things that things that are not strictly in the realm of dreams and things that are not strictly in the realm of reality in the, or should I say of the awake state because one of the things that fascinated me uh, over the years and actually this is something that I was trying to research something that I was trying to understand is this delicate state of mind which is between the sleeping state and the awake state and how real that realm is what happens in that realm is is it that we uh, are just dreaming or you know is it just a pr product of one's mind of you know of fantastical images or uh, sensations or something along those lines is it just in our heads or is there something more to it is it a door into a different realm into a different layer of reality um, from which we pull uh, things that we quite often don't understand or don't know or can't perceive in the fully awake state you see what I'm saying so this is a topic that always fascinated me throughout my life because I tend to have very intense, very vivid dreams, always. And um, as a little kid back in the day, I didn't really draw a distinction between dream and the awake world. To me, it was both were a continuation of one another. It was one whole thing, one whole world, one whole reality. And then, of course, you know, as I started to grow up, I, uh, my parents were constantly explaining to me, of course, that, you know, a dream is just a dream and has nothing to do with um, the awake world, etc., etc. However, I had a few instances in my life that I cannot exactly explain when exactly in this semi-dreaming state or um, in my dream, uh, or in a state of horrible exhaustion when I would be effectively uh, almost asleep with opened eyes, uh, 
struggling to stay awake. I would see things or I would hear things and then in the awake, firm reality, those things would come true. Or I would discover that something that I have seen or heard in my dream would turn out to be a real thing, something that I have previously not been aware of. So there is a lot of this very strange things. If, um, if not for these strange occurrences, if not for these strange, I don't know, quote-unquote coincidences or something like this, if not for the, I hate this word, premonitions, uh, this, um, these instances that I can't fully explain from a purely rational standpoint. If not for these instances, I would have just separated the two realms and uh, said uh, full-heartedly that a dream is just the product of one's fantasy, whereas the awake world is, you know, actual firm reality, and that's all there is to it. But it's not exactly the case, so there is an element of mystique. I personally try not I try not to infuse this realm with any uh, how do you even go about it? I don't know. I, I try not to go uh, full supernatural about these things. I really try to approach it from a uh, very rational standpoint as much as I can because you know the imagination is a is an amazing thing. It's very appealing and it's very seductive to just allow it to to dominate one's mind and it's easy to get carried away and I don't want that because that would uh, bring me potentially into into a realm that is not substantiated by any fact and I don't want this I want to in my pursuit of truth in my pursuit of reality I want to understand the layers of reality and if there is something that um, that escapes my grasp that something if there is something that lays beyond my grasp I want to go after it but I want to be equipped with fact I don't want to dwell in the realm of superstition or um, bias or subjective too much subjective I do understand that everything is subjective anyways and I can't completely rid myself of my bias but I try to observe uh, in the most in the strictest in the strictest possible fashion and um, I try to be objective I try to distance myself from my bias I try to dissect things and I try to examine them in the most rigorous fashion I really do uh, so as I said if not for these strange uh, events that occasionally occur uh, it's not that I'm looking for it's not that I'm trying to find proof of that there is something you know supernatural out there and I'm not alleging that there is anything supernatural no I just honestly believe that there is that there are layers of reality that we can't we don't have explanations for and there are probably capabilities of human brain and the human body that are not uh, explained away by mainstream science or maybe mainstream science doesn't tell us everything there might be more there are things that I just can't explain uh, 
in a conventional way. I can't explain it. How do how did I know uh, or how did I see things uh, of the existence of which I wasn't aware? Then I see it in a dream, and then I start to search for it, and then I find it. How can how can one explain this? I don't know. I don't have a rational explanation for this. Or how could I foresee certain events when, uh, in a state of uh, extreme exhaustion, I see a hallucination because I'm barely, barely staying awake. I hallucinate something and I see, I see a person, or I think I see a person. It's a mirage. It's just a product of my imagination, right? And then I learned later that exactly at the time that I've seen that person, something happened to this person. How did I know about this? How does this happen? I don't have a rational explanation. So there is this realm of unknown. And even at this age, years later, uh, many years later, in fact, because I've been a kid quite a while ago, um, I still don't have the answers. I was trying, I was looking into various um, legitimate um, areas of science over the years. I, I was trying to investigate, I was trying to look into neuroscience, I was, um, you know, the study of human brain. I was looking at um, quantum physics, I was looking at human biology, I was looking at biochemistry, I was looking at a whole variety of things and I was trying to find if anything anywhere can indicate something, you know, um, an area in which one can go and um, where are the open doors to look into, basically. So um, why am I saying all of this? Uh, this song, It Comes From Nowhere, is one of those songs that has to do with this realm of with this gray realm that lies between the dream and the awake world in to me subjectively it is real it is not completely a dream it describes the song describes the border on this front line between the two realms um, and it basically describes how do they collide and where do they come together and what does it feel like to walk uh, this verge of these two, um, two realms. And what does it feel like to fall out of one realm and to find yourself in the other one? Or, even better, what does it feel like to feel kind of lost between the two? Uh, even if that's for a very short period of time. What does it feel like to wake up and not know that you are awake? What does it feel like to not really wake up, but think that you have um, woken up? And this song was written in, um, I believe it was written in winter 2008-2009. Uh, so there was, a, there was, of course, a romantic spin on it. And uh, an erotic spin, of course. So now that I've laid out more or less the background for this song. Uh, with that being said, let's move on to the next section and I'll try to do some uh, music analysis. So let's move on, shall we? Mm -hmm. 
So, the song is in D minor, and um, the BPM is 91 BPM. It's not, uh, it's not a fast-paced song, uh, and it's not slow. It kind of lurks, and it kind of rolls in a mid-tempo. Um, it's a sleepy song, let's put it this way. I think it's kind of sleepy, uh, and occasionally it ramps up a little bit. And, uh, quite frankly, I don't know um, how much of a change of feel is going to happen to this song once it is remade on the Into Gehenna version of this album. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, experience because, uh, as far as I remember, I started remaking this track and I ended up coming up with a pretty interesting bass line. So it's probably going to have a lot more motion in the modern version, but we're still not there. Right now we're talking about the original version, which is currently up on Spotify and other streaming platforms. So, um, let's listen to the intro, as usual. I'll play the intro, and before we go into, this, uh, into the first verse, I will pause, and then I'll come back with some comments, alright? Let's listen. <laughs> Okay, so the very, very intro of this song starts with just a piano and a high-pitched uh, pad that I love to use in a lot of my tracks. It's called Mars Choir or something like that, I don't remember. Um, so it starts, there is no bass line yet, and it is something to this effect. That's the first pass. And on the second pass, we all of a sudden have the bass, and I will not play the bass line the way it is written, but I want to explain the chord progression. And for that, I will just play whole notes um, below. So it starts with a B flat, uh, B flat major plus seven. Mind you, the piano in the right hand and that's in the song, actually. I'm, I'm approximating that, but the intervals are more or less um, accurate. Uh, it, uh, the right hand, the piano, goes with pretty wide, broad intervals. So we're having fifths and fourths a lot here. Um, so we're starting with a B-flat major plus seven. Then, all of a sudden, we're in D minor. We're going into a G flat major plus seven. 
then we're going into an A major minus seven. And then after that into a D flat major plus seven. Then D minor, um, D minor nine. major plus seven E flat major plus seven A major uh, plus five let's call it plus five for simplicity now on top of this second pass um, there is a vocal line and that vocal line borrows um, from the hook. Basically, it sings uh, the lyrics uh, from the hook and preps the listener for uh, the full-blown hook which is coming later. And so uh, the lyrics go something like this. It comes from pretty bizarre because the chord progression is pretty bizarre but more or less it sounds kind of jazzy uh, but it sounds in D minor so we're having a couple of weird things going on here in this chord progression number one is that again the um, the low fourth is being used this G flat major plus seven if we actually play the chords that's what it sounds like it comes unstable again because it goes into D flat major plus seven which is bizarre because it's not supposed to be there kind of and yet it is there now we're going into D minor again back to the root to the first third then oops Phrygian minor with this E flat major plus seven and then we're going into the fifth So, this is what's laid out uh, in this section of the song. Now let's, let's listen to the verses, uh, the bridge, um, another third verse, and then the hook. And, um, 
and then the next fourth and fifth verse and then the next hook and then I'll stop by the solo so let's listen a lot of repetition basically musically speaking there's a lot of repetition the lyrics are changing uh, the hook is basically the same so in the verse uh, in the first verse and it's going to continue in the second verse and then in the third verse after the bridge and then in the fourth and fifth verses it's all the same story we have Then there is an F major, 
then there's a G minor, then there is an E flat major. Again, here, while we're in the verses, uh, the Phrygian minor, which makes this sound, uh, these verses sound pretty dark, right? Uh, it is being emphasized and is, is being used here, it's being present in a very obvious form. Other than that, the verses are extremely simple because they are comprised of only four chords. D minor, F major, G minor, uh, E flat major, plus seven. And there's kind of a weird little bass line that's going underneath. And um, it comes from nowhere in its verses, kind of mirrors the very first track on the album, which is called Sorkrat. Um, the chord progression itself kind of sounds, it's kind of reminiscent of Sorkrat. In a sense, it's kind of like an echo to the first track. It's not exactly like it, but it's, it sounds pretty similar. And that is on purpose, of course. So, on top of this chord progression, there is some rapping going on, and it is occasionally tied to the key, and sometimes it's out of key deliberately, because it's, after all, not really singing. Then there's a bridge after the first two verses, which has a little violin melody, but everything rests basically on the same chord on D minor, which occasionally becomes a D minor uh, plus seven minor plus seven chord and then we're back again to the third verse with the same chord progression everything slightly ramps up but not too much the chord progression is unchangeable it's exactly the same one the same bass riff that's going on there's just a little bit more of um, some loops and background drums that are playing it drums up just a little bit to bring us to the first hook and the first hook we already know this um, uh, the chord progression from because we heard it in the intro. So it goes comes from As far as I remember, when I was a teenager, I borrowed this from Chopin. So essentially what it is, it has a um, suspended third here. Um, it is an A major uh, plus seven. This seven is hidden right here. The G is under an A. Then there is a C sharp here, but on top there is an F. So it's not exactly an um, an A major minus 7, it is an A major uh, minus 7 with a suspended third. It kills me. It, it has a more kind of mysterious feel to it, you know what I mean? So then after this first hook, uh, we're going into the fourth and fifth verses, and it's again the repetition of the same verse chord progression. And then there's another hook, which again is the repetition of the hook chord progression with this strange 
the fifth here, this uh, and the dominant chord on the fifth, it kind of grounds and roots everything and routes it back into the uh, uh, the root of the key, back to D minor. So then we're having uh, a solo, a violin solo, which I don't know how I'm gonna go about it in the uh, modern version of the song when I'll be remaking it. Uh, I think I'll come up with something and play something on guitar and probably it's gonna be very airy and very transparent, translucent, uh, light, probably, and mysterious, but I don't know. Um, back in the day when I was writing this song, I've just programmed a violin part there with some sparse uh, piano. So let's listen to it uh, from here uh, on to till the very end of the song and then I'll comment. but the piano uh, actually gives you the only um, the piano is the only instrument that gives you a feel for whatever the chord progression is underneath there and in fact we're sitting for the first four bars we're sitting on an A major of sorts with a suspended um, suspended third basically are in D minor then there is a B flat uh, major plus seven again an A major with this uh, F in it an A C sharp F um, and then after that we're moving back to the hook and the hook repeats itself twice it comes come from Then 
repeats another time, and um, the outro of the song is basically another hook, which is just being uh, performed in a in a quieter fashion. So it kind of dies away. This mysterious chord progression. That's basically the music analysis for It Comes From Nowhere. And uh, let's move on to the next section, shall we? So It Comes From Nowhere is a dreamlike song with a dream-like feel and a dream-like music and some bizarre chords in it. And But on the other hand, it's kind of a simple one. Uh, you see there's a lot of repetition. Uh, the hook chord progression repeats itself several times. It, um, like one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven times throughout the song. So yes, there is a lot of repetition. And the verses, uh, there are five of them, and they all are repeated um, with very minor changes. So basically, the whole song is comprised of two um, big, large, in the sense of large. I wanted to say major, but then I thought, no, it could be confused with minor. Uh, the whole song is comprised of two large chord progressions, which are not really changeable. One of them is richer with some 
more deviations within it. The second one for the verses is just a four chord uh, progression and uh, a couple of smaller elements. One of them is the bridge, which basically rests on the D minor chord with additional um, additional notes and uh, the solo, which is kind of in the same vein and kind of uses the same chords anyways, but just in a different order. Uh, so it's a relatively simple song, even though it has a few twists to it. I quite frankly can't wait to get to the remake of this entire album, which is going to be called Into Gehenna. And um, I'm just excited about this. Uh, I'm, I intend to make it kind of heavier in one hand, but not too much, uh, not to a brutal extent. It's gonna be heavier and darker, that I can promise. And probably I will change around a few lyrics in a few songs, we'll see. How, how does that go? It Comes From Nowhere is gonna be an interesting one, because as far as I remember when I was trying to write uh, drafts for the remake of it back in 2013, I've added an element, and that was a major huge intro, uh, excuse me, a major huge outro uh, in the end, and it had, it was like a continuation of new chord progressions there, and it was pretty colorful. So I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I'll keep it posted. If you're a fan of this album, if you like this album, um, expect the remake to come out sometime in 2023. It's not gonna happen in 2022, not this year, it's gonna happen next year, but I'm getting to it. Now, if you did not hear this album, of course I want anybody to check out all my music on any major streaming platform, uh, be that Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes or Amazon or uh, even YouTube or Deezer. And if you're gonna check me out on YouTube, you might as well check out my uh, official artist channel, Catherine Corelli. Uh, Catherine with a C, Corelli with a C. I have a uh, playlist called uh, Cat Vibes where I'm posting all sorts of stuff, uh, including my recording process. So if you're interested in my music specifically, check out the Cat Vibes playlist. I'm currently working on the Take the Jive Reforged album and um, I'm about to start posting some of this recording process for this album, so check it out. Uh, and of course, as usual, I want to invite you to check out my other business which has to do with skin health and aromatherapy. It's called Southern Caracal, Southern from the word South, Caracal, C-A-R-A-C-A-L, southerncaracal.com. For some reason, uh, Anchor doesn't allow me to uh, use links in the description for some reason. Whenever I try to post that, there is a problem and then the links don't show up. So I have to say it actually. SouthernCaracal.com Check out our wonderful oatmeal honey soaps and shampoo bars, lotions, uh, which are gonna become uh, much needed right now uh, that summer is over and uh, colder uh, drier weather is starting to set in. So check out southerncaracal.com, pick something for yourself uh, or for your friends and family and the skin of your friends and family and your own skin will thank you later. With that being said, I'm gonna wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for being with me, I appreciate you and you will hear me on the next episode. Brrr.